Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. So a couple of months ago, my husband and I had the incredible privilege of rushing our daughter to the emergency room. And um, she was doubled over in pain, and we didn't know what was going on. She has a high tolerance of pain. She could barely move. So fast forward to um, from 10 o'clock at night to about 2.30 in the morning, we're finally released from the hospital. And she has a kidney stone at that age, and I'm not even going to go into that, but she, for those of you who are aware of how painful these things are, there are additional symptoms, just so you know. I mean, like high fever, you can have nausea and vomiting. It's a really exciting thing. So she came home and, of course, was exhausted. And so she went to sleep and then woke up in the, let's see, the afternoon on Sunday. And she realized, oh, my gosh. I, there's no way I'm going to be able to go to work. And so she said to herself, oh my God, I've got to text my bosses. She has a couple of bosses she had to connect with. So she did. And so she had to tell them about how she was in the emergency room. So this isn't just, you know, hey, I wanted a mental health day. And I'm going to pause right there for a second. And this is the reason why. Some of you, when I said bosses, you go, you're thinking, oh, that's a nice story. Okay, th- this will be interesting to engage in because I am not in that particular situation. Some of you, a lot of you are in work situations where you have bosses, you are the boss, you are in your peers, and you're in that kind of situation. But what I want to tell you today, because this is about the tale of two bosses and leading like Jesus when the um, the slide comes up, is that we are all leaders. Bosses are leaders. But there is a wider definition of leadership that I would ask you to consider today. And this comes from an organization I worked with called Lead Like Jesus, and I love this definition. You are taking on the role of a leader anytime you seek to influence, anytime you seek to influence the thinking, behavior, or development of others. Okay, so this means as I look around who's here, we have students You are in a position of influence, whether you realize it or not. You are leaders. You have opportunities to lead. You're in clubs. You're in sports. You're in band. You're in those wonderful group projects, which I always love my kids being, you know, where you have a leader and it just always goes so well. So anyway, students are in a position of influence and leadership. Not only work people... But also you have parents are in a position of leadership, correct? You're influencing your kids. Coaches, there are coaches in this room. And I have to tell you, one of the most significant positions and stances a coach can take is leading and influencing the young lives of the young people of today. 
So I want to just put before you to consider this idea that anytime you seek to influence the thinking, behavior, development of others, you, 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 and me are taking on the role of a leader. So if you consider this definition and you think about your particular world, I want to say that you are plan A. God is bringing his kingdom and it is only through us. We are his plan A. And so that means those people in our world, our relational world, only we can touch. There isn't an avatar that's going to come in and play that for you or is step in for you. We are it. And in Revelations, it was really interesting. I was reading today. I know everybody's, you know, devotional in Revelations. But anyway, in Revelations 5.10, he's talking, um, they're talking about Jesus You have caused people to become a kingdom of priests, and you are reigning. And he is talking about about us as reigning. So my point one is we are leading. Whether you accept it or not, you are a leader, okay? Then the question is, well, if you're leading, then who the heck is your leadership role model, right? And I want to say that Jesus Christ is the greatest leader of all time. Whether you believe in him or not, he is the greatest leader of all time. There's a leadership encounter of a couple days that Lead Like Jesus does. It brings in military, and it brings in executives, um, and it brings in all sorts of people from walks of life. But they talk about his influence. And there's just a couple points I want to bring to you. First of all, I want you to think about how do we mark time? It's the year 2023. We've been around thousands of years. Why is it 2023? Because Jesus came at that time. And when he came, he divided history. He was so influential. He was so phenomenal. He and us, we now mark our history that way. It's divided that way. B.C., before Christ, A.D., Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, or if we're going to the more politically correct, we have common era and before common era. However, it is still divided by this one man. So I challenge you to read the Gospels and look at what a magnificent vision caster he is. Look at how he coalesces people and gathers people. I challenge you to not only look at that, but how does he train and equip them? I mean, it's amazing. Really, whatever, wherever you are, I ask that you begin to read through the Gospels in that way. And I'm just going to end this particular point with this quote by a man some of you are familiar with, Napoleon Bonaparte. He was a French commander in the early 1800s, and this is what he said about Jesus. Alexander the Great, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I have founded empires Boom, this is where he is. This is where he puts himself, the greatest leaders. But what on what did we rest the creations of our genius? Upon force. Jesus Christ also founded his empire. But it was on love. And at 
this hour, millions of men would die for him. So all of a sudden, Napoleon, this amazing commander, takes Jesus and goes, he is in a stratosphere all his own. So I'm urging us to first of all, and you'll see this on the slide, is realize and begin stepping into the fact that we are leaders and we are leading. So on the slide, you'll see point number one is that the second one is I'm urging you all to choose Jesus as your role model and then do what he says. So then the question is, what did Jesus say? And in your, not your pews, but in your seats, there are a lot of you have these Bibles and I'm going to refer to them or you can get out your own Bible. But on page 672 in John 13, it's 12b actually, 1312b, I'm going to just read real quick. Jesus had just finished washing the disciples' feet. Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, which is leader of your life, right? And you are right because that's what I am. And since I am your Lord and teacher, your leadership role model, what I want you to do is follow my example. I have washed your feet and you ought to watch each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow and do as I have done for you. He he goes into more detail in Matthew 20 on page 612 and 612 and this is one of the definitive verses on leadership just so you know from Jesus. And he says, he calls his disciples together, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. So we're talking about Augustus and Charlemagne and this kind of influence or leadership. But among you, but among you, but among us, it will be different. And what is he saying? He's saying whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. So more surrender. And then Jesus doesn't leave it there. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many as a sacrifice. So he goes from servant. This is what our leader is telling us. Servant, slave, sacrifice. He came in flesh, you know, as God in flesh. And Jesus constantly said, you know, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In Ezekiel 34, I'm not going to have us turn to it, but I'm going to read you something out of it. He says, through Ezekiel, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. And he then starts going after them and saying, you have taught and you have treated them absolutely horribly. You haven't, you haven't, um, healed them. You haven't taken care of them, you haven't gone after them, but after they've been scattered, the primary role of a shepherd. And he says, you have ruled them with harshness and cruelty. This is what our Lord, our world is doing. And let me go back to the tale of two bosses. If I were to 
give you a bottom line of what Jesus is telling us through scripture, it is the next slide, which is, it's about caring for people. It's not just caring for people, FYI. It's not just doing handouts and food. It's actually caring about people, and that's a heart issue. So I'm not sure if you all heard that. Caring for people is different from caring about people, and caring about people is a heart issue. So... The bottom line is we want to live in love and lead like Jesus. And in this tale of two bosses, here's what happened. Um, Abby texted her uh, first boss, and the response was, oh my gosh, are you okay, right? I mean, I'm like, as a mother, I'm, you know, I'm there in, in the house because we all are working remote right now, or she was that particular day because she was sick. And I was like, oh, that's the exact response. But this boss slash leader didn't stop there. She was so concerned. She was like, Abby, can I call you? So she got on the phone and just went, Abby, what can I do? Are you okay? First of all, are you okay? How are you feeling? What happened? What can I do? And then she said something like, can I, can I get you anything? Well, she's in Colorado. I mean, how impractical is that? But the heart is there, right? That's what's going on there. And so I'm listening to this, and then all of a sudden, she catches herself. And she goes oh my gosh, wait, I just jumped into mom mode. Do you want me to be in boss mode? And I'm like, oh, she's a mom. Oh, this is so awesome. I'm going to come back to that statement in just a moment. Okay, boss number two. Abby texts basically the same thing to this person, and here is her response. Nothing. I don't know about you, but I thought people even today would mask enough to at least say, how are you? Are you okay? There was nothing. Not only that, when Abby did see that boss later that week, the boss was actually mad at her. and was a bit passive-aggressive toward her. I'm not going to go into more detail, but you get the idea. A tale of two bosses. Are we harsh, cruel, uncaring? Or do we care? Do we sacrifice? Do we really care about you? The mom mode versus boss mode concerned me. And here's why. I have been doing leadership consulting for 30 years. Mom mode versus boss mode. Let's look at the thought bubbles. Mom mode. I am loving. I am going to be supportive. I'm going to be there for you. I care. Boss mode. I don't know. I think maybe I'll care about you if you help me with my plans, my deadlines, my goals, my sales numbers, whatever it might be. That's the thought bubble message, the underlying message of that to me. And 
I look at my leadership role model and Jesus said, not so with you. So not so with us, church. Whatever influence you have, step into that and be caring. That's what our world needs. And I'm not talking about influencing having these big political discussions. I'm just talking about how do you love people in the moment? How do you care about them in the moment and show them that and be Jesus to them? So we could talk more, and I could, about how to care more for people, but I'm not. I'm going to take a different tact. I am going to ask us what keeps us from caring. So as we're going down, I would say there are two things, pride or fear. Um, there are lots of scripture on both, on how how that, that motivates us and begins to influence us. But here's what I want to give you a picture of. We're driving down the road of our life, okay? And Jesus is in the seat, in the driver's seat, all right? And it comes to a stop sign, and all of a sudden, the door gets flung open. Jesus is grabbed, thrown out of the car, and pride or fear sit right there in the driver's seat. Now who's controlling us? And I am telling you, every single person in this room has experienced all three of those. We've had those of us who we have invited Jesus into our life, we have had him in the driver's seat. Every single one of us in this room has had pride influence us and control us and motivate us. And my old friend, fear. So... What I'd like to do is I want to have you think through what are you most motivated by? Because we tend, some of us, we're equally, if Jesus isn't in the driver's seat, who then takes over? What then takes over? And there are very few that it's even. Most of us tend toward one or the other. So the first thing I'm going to look at, we're going to look at is pride. These are just examples. We tend to take all the credit. All right, you're in a meeting, let's say you're in a boss situation or a ministry team meeting, somebody comes in and says, hey, thank you for this, and the person in charge says, thank you. And they don't ever refer to the team members that actually made it happen, right? And everyone that helped with that. The person does all the talking. They attract all the attention. This is a person that um, if you are reading through this and you're going, oh, I do this as... Um, we were talking before, this is a person that doesn't ask a lot of questions about other people. All right? They come in, and it's about them. We compare ourselves, those of us with pride, and when pride comes in, we compare ourselves to others to feel better. We often come across as arrogant or haughty. We sometimes don't even realize it. It's me, 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 or when we speak, it's I, I, I. So think about it, Okay? Do you tend, does that tend to describe you? It, all of us experience this. So this is not, you know, a bad or good, or you are bad or good. This is just what do you tend toward? Now, those of us motivated by fear, so with pride, we're promoting ourselves with fear. We protect ourselves. We worry about what others think of us. So we try to please people too much. 
we give ourselves away too much. We may try to control situations and those around us. We can be negative, anxious, or critical. We often lack self-confidence. I'm not good enough. So we're afraid to give our opinion or discourage feedback because we're scared of that. We manage our image so others will think better of us. Okay, so I tend toward fear, just so you know. I mean, those around me, I have been trying to deal with fear year after year after year. It's like an onion where the layer after layer after layer, I go, oh, I'm impacted by fear here. I, it was so interesting. I got an email by a relative, and this is a really little thing. So I've been dealing with this for a while. And I looked at my inbox, and it had been sitting there for days. And like I started asking myself, why aren't you responding? And I thought, I'm fearful. I'm fearful by responding back to this relative that they're going to come at me and start hammering me on something. So instead, what I did is I did what the antidote says. So for pride, and I'll come back to the fear piece, the antidote for pride is humility. Put the needs of others before ourselves. Look for ways to praise others. Give them credit. Ask questions about people just to show you care. And that it's not about you and the conversation, but it's about them. Appreciate how they contribute or are critical to the team. We're in a church. We're on ministry teams. Tell people how much you appreciate them and what they're doing to contribute to the team and how it makes a difference. We are so needing that. At work, do the same thing. How much that you appreciate their contribution. So with, um, with fear, then the antidote is confidence in God. Not confidence in ourselves. It's not pride, but confidence in God. Really trust God, which has been a my thing forever in my spiritual walk is truly trusting God. Do I really take care to take care of that project deadline relationship? At one point, I was um, I was working and I had all these deadlines that I had to deal with, and. The person that was asking for them wasn't, um, and this was a Christian organization, and they, they could be a little tough. And I heard God go, okay, Wendy, you need to leave your door open. And I'm like, what? If I leave my door open, their people are going to come in, and then, you know, hours could go by because you're going to sit down and talk, and they go, and I just heard it clearly, leave your door open, and that's what I want you to do from now on. So... That day, which was very interesting, this gal came in and she sat down and she said, you know what? I don't even know if I know Jesus. Could we talk about this? And so we did. We talked for over an hour. I wish I could say I was a spiritual giant in that moment and during that time. But you know what was going on in the back of my mind? Oh my gosh, I have my project due. I have to get this done. And then the fight was, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you're going to do something about this. And he did. 
This is one of the stories where he does. There are a lot of stories where he doesn't, and I just have to obey him. But in this case, the deadline was moved. Like three hours later, the guy comes in, oh, no, it can't, I don't need it at five. You know what? Give it to me tomorrow. And so I just want to ask us to, to as Jesus is our role model, to begin to really pursue that. So I, here's what I want you to do right now, is think of a situation. So those of you who tend to be um, triggered or by pride, what I'd like you to do is think of a person you look down upon. We all do it. Who is it? Is it somebody in your workplace that you don't appreciate their contribution or you think that they don't work hard enough? Is it it's school? School, that's rampant, right? We all know that's true. And So whatever the situation is, if you veer toward pride, what or who do you look down upon? Put that person in your mind. For people with fear, who tend toward fear, who are you afraid of? Is it somebody in the workplace, somebody in a home? Is it a relationship? Is it a peer? Who Picture that person in your mind. And what I'd like you to do is, based on this information, this suggestions of content, what, what's one thing you can do different with that person? And so I'm going to give you just a couple minutes. And then if you have people by you, what I'd like you to do is share not the person's name, just share the issue, pride or fear, and the one step you'd like to take. Okay? So go ahead. So I want to close this out. First of all, urging us as a church to realize we are leading whether you want to believe it or not, we are leading. And so I urge you to just pursue what Jesus says and listen to the Holy Spirit on how to show care and concern and lead others and more effectively. And then what I'm going to ask right now, too, is to really go after that pride or fear because it doesn't just affect your leadership. I'm telling you, this issue impacts how you live like Jesus, love like Jesus, and lead like Jesus. It has revolutionized my spiritual life, and I just urge you to think through all the ways that we get influenced or controlled by it. And so I'm going to pray right now. Lord, um, thank you. Thank you for each person in this room. Thank you that we are not here by accident. Thank you that you are asking them to step up and step into the leading, the leadership circles that you have given them. To be the one to show your heart, Jesus, in their friendship circles. And Lord, specifically with pride and fear, I just bind pride and fear from our lives in Jesus' name. I'm just coming against you in his name and that you need to stop interacting and influencing us. And Lord, I'm asking that you would come and you would release you, Jesus, because as we step into that, we are freed up. And I'm asking that you would encourage us and give us the courage to step out and do that one thing, that one thing each person identified. So Jesus, thank you. You are an incredible leader besides being our Savior. We love you, Jesus. Amen.